Hey everybody, welcome back to the Car Tech Garage and another to drive or not to drive, the cars we love and the cars we don't. Uh, with me, of course, is Max, my cohort. And uh, I'm here. Like, <laughs> probably like ninth all time favorite person. Ninth. Man, I moved up from 257 last week. So, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Man, I did something good this week, I guess. We've got um, to talk about some cars today. <laughs> the Subaru Forester. Um, and how it stacks up, I guess we, we wanted to talk about this and this is in fact a fan request. So we appreciate that. The Subaru Forester, I, it's a good car, but I wanted to benchmark it against something. And the benchmark I think would in fact be that the segment leader, um, and you know, in fact, the car that I even chose to purchase for my wife, the Toyota RAV4, um, which I think is a, a fair comparison all said and done in terms of what they offer, the price, um, the potential longevity of the vehicle and, you know, the, the, the average owner of one of these cars. Yeah. And I mean, it's, they kind of have the same purpose, you know, if you're looking for something for groceries, for, you know, carrying your family around, um, you can kind of take it off road more or less on a grass parking lot. Um, I wouldn't call it an off roader, but hey, hey, it's about the driver. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Wesley, if, unfortunately, if it was not a brand new RAV4, he'd take the thing off roading if he could. No, I definitely still would. She won't let me. Oh, okay. That's that. I figured that was kind Which of is, the case. is fair. But you know, I mean, it's, it it's not paid off yet. So like, I really shouldn't take it off road. <laughs> Throw it into a tree. Like, oh, I didn't know it couldn't do that. <laughs> Sorry, um, officer. I didn't know I couldn't do that. But no, they stack up really well. Um, and, you know, lately, a lot of the conversations that I know I'm sure you're having as well at, at your shop is people are investing a lot more into cars and keeping cars on the road just due to used car prices and buying new cars. And a lot of people ask the questions, you know, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And they just say, I want a new car. And that's a really hard answer for us to give because, one, we see the worst side of cars. And number two, we kind of have to have an idea for a purpose because you and I are very much alike. A car serves a purpose. And what are you looking for? Not just, is it shiny and brand new and, and goes yeah. up I, and I down love when road. people ask me, what's a good car? For what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's like asking, what should I have for dinner? Well, what do you like? You yeah, know, are exactly. you thinking Italian? Yeah. Do you, you have any allergies? Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of questions that we have to ask before. Here's a payday. I, I, <laughs> I know what I'm having no, for dinner. You know, we're having chicken wings. Do you like chicken wings? Easy. Okay. But that's a lot with it. And these are two cars that if you're kind of looking for that overall kind of do everything. Um, it's not fast. It's not an off-roader, but it kind of has a purpose in, yeah. in daily life. And this is one of those few cars that RAV4 and the Forester that I kind of recommend to anybody as a, I don't know, a very neutral car. That yeah. Just uh, if, if you need one car to do basically everything within your means, again, it's not a whole lot of space, but you know, you need back seats. You really like the hatchback format. You need all wheel drive, or at least the option for all wheel drive uh, with the RAV4. Um, and then a fair amount of safety features and also a pretty reliable package. This is certainly, um, you know, where you should be looking. These two cars are probably the, the two best in this category. Um, you know, this and the Honda CRV, of course, but we'll exclude that one just mm -hmm. for, for this premise. You know, a lot of those are still front wheel drive, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of front wheel drive RAV4s too, but I just wanted to benchmark it against this one. Now the Forester, um, we've got many different generations of both of these cars, obviously. There's a lot. And the majority of everyone listening is, you know, probably going to be 
going, you know, third generation and up on the Forester, 08 and up, that is. Um, and they're all pretty good cars. The 08 was available um, with, with, you know, the, the 2.5 liter. The 2.5 liter is a good engine. Um, and most of them now are timing chain driven as opposed to timing belt driven. But there are still a lot of the similar problems that we've had with Subarus in the past. And a lot of it relates to oil leaks and possible head gasket issues. Um, I will give Subaru the credit. I have not seen many of their CVTs fail, yeah, which they- is really good. That's way better than Nissan can say for. Um, so uh, ultimately, the Subaru Forester proves to be a pretty reliable car. But one thing, we talked about this on the radio show last week, these cars differ heavily in average maintenance cost. That is very true. Um, you know, with the, the RAV4, that's always one. I mean, when anybody asks me what kind of car, low cost of maintenance overall, the RAV4 is, is kind of my go-to mm-hmm. um, or the CRV. But I know we're not talking about that. I'm, I'm a little more biased towards a, a Honda. Um, but in this equation, you know, with the... The RAV4, it's an inline four-cylinder. I mean, virtually spark plugs, one of the bigger items that you see on some of these V6 cars where it's relatively inexpensive yeah. on this, um, a lot less moving Unless parts. you have the V6 RAV4, in which case those are kind of a rare bird, but they are yeah. really overpowered, frankly. Oh, it is. They're so much fun to drive because you're like, whoa, I didn't know. Yeah, every time I get in one of those, I remember taking a lot of those on test drives. You kind of pull out of the parking lot and you're thinking of the the small RAV4 four-cylinder where it doesn't really have too much umph and you get out on the road in the V6 and you're almost lighting up the front tires yeah, on it. It's like torque steering all over the place. Yeah. They're fun. And that's where, you know, those that maintenance really comes into play because with the Subaru, it's a boxer engine. So it's obviously kind of laid flat. Spark plugs are, are a bear to get to if it is the timing belt side of them. Um, and they're done or at least scheduled to be done twice as often. 60K correct. instead of 120K like the Toyota. And that's what they've, they've slowly changed them that they've started to go closer to the 60K. They used to be 100. They used to be 90. So a lot, it really varies on, on what kind of engines in each Subaru because they've mm-hmm. changed just a little bit. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you know, differential fluids, those are kind of equal across the board mm-hmm. on both those cars. At least should be, although Subaru does have it very strictly in their maintenance nomenclature that they be done, whereas Toyota, they kind tend of says, to push everything out until like 90,000 yeah. miles at, at a first benchmark. Yeah, um, but, but, we know, but we know if the cars are used and especially abused at all, they should be done a little more frequently than that. Exactly. And that's, you know, with the two of them, just based on the manufacturer recommendation that Subaru is very strict, you know, do it at these times where Toyota is kind of, well, are you towing with it? Are you in dusty conditions? Because it'll probably are, run forever. It. So just drive it. But if not, <laughs> 90,000 miles, definitely do it, maybe. And it's just a very odd, odd way that they explain those where Subaru is almost, you have to do it and you have to do it now. There's exactly. no question. And, and I will say, you can always tell a well-maintained Subaru does hold up far better as oh, it does. Most anything, any machine does. Well-maintained machine holds up better. Um, But you do have to account that into your overall cost of owning the vehicle because Mm -hmm. the Subaru, quite frankly, um, Subaru's cost as much to maintain as your average less expensive BMW, like almost as much as an older BMW 3 Series before they got into the turbocharged engines. Um, So you have to keep that in mind that, you know, your 60,000 mile maintenance on this thing, it's going to be a thousand dollars, all the fluids and the spark plugs and the engine decarbonization, the oil change and et cetera, et cetera. 
um, you know, it's still going to be pretty costly. Now they both hold up in terms of durability. We don't see a whole lot of wheel bearing issues until way later in life. Um, you know, most of the drivetrain components are pretty solid, albeit the more, the higher potential for oil leaks on the Subaru Forester. Mm-hmm. One thing to account to. It's the truth. And, and that's a huge cost. And I mean, with the Toyotas, really the biggest thing that I say with them is, is make sure you change the oil because mm-hmm. they do tend to have timing chain issues down the road, but yep. that's usually from neglect, not necessarily manufacture issues. Exactly. And that is a great point to bring up because the RAV4, on the contrary, is far more likely to consume oil. Mm-hmm. Um, when equipped with the 2.5 liter inline four, especially the first generation of that 2.5 liter inline four, they rolled out this 10,000 mile oil change interval and yeah. <laughs> basically blew everything apart way early. And, and a lot Ridiculous. of those engines do consume oil. So that's something you have to be very, very cautious of entering the used car market. Now, if you bought a brand new one, I just hope you change it every 5,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Now, it, Toyota may uh, write me out for this, but my wife owns a 2019 RAV4. It's supposed to have full synthetic 0W16 oil. I use... AMS oil boosted zero W 20 and change it to every 5,000 miles. Whereas they say 10, mm-hmm. um, I will report back to you guys as the mileage yeah. continues to increase. But so far, obviously she hasn't burned anything. It's only got 30,000 miles on it. So I'll talk to you in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> and adversely I have, you know, we're not talking about it, but I have an Equinox. My girlfriend does. And that we're, I'm, I'm worried about that one. Let's put it that way. There sounds that's like, a, that's a, what are like one, four turbo, one, four, one, five turbo. Oh. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, I'm pretty sure the turbo, I, I learned that the turbo made some noise that I didn't like, um, last year while we were driving through the mountains to, yeah. Was back it like, home. like wastegate actuator noise? I don't know. It sounds like the bearing or something's going bad mm. on it. Yeah. So when you give it, you give it the, the beans, if you will, you hear something when you let off the throttle. And I don't know if that's normal, but I never heard it before. Huh. And I also well, I know, don't they, know. They, all the new turbocharged engines, they still do have like a bypass system as opposed to blowing it off. It'll pipe it back through the intake and there's an open and closing of the wastegate noise. It sounds like if I were to drive a car. Well, it's the same setup as the, the Chevy Cruze. I mean, they, they have, and this is just another blight to the Chevy Cruze, but they have wastegator actuators on the turbocharger that fail all the time. Mm. And, and, and they'll make like a little clinking noise as the turbocharger shuts and they'll almost make it sound <laughs> like it's falling apart. Yeah, this is, if you got in any car and you heard this type of noise, you'd go, okay, it sounds like the turbo's about oh. to fall out. Oh, well, that's easy. Uh, sell it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've tried. I've tried to tell her not to buy it. I mean, overall, it's not a bad car. And, and in that case, I was also in it for roughly 24 hours over a week period. So I really, really got in tune with it. Um, so one thing that I did want to bring up just since we're on the Subaru Forester Toyota RAV4. Um, I've got one too. One thing as well. Oh yeah. But yeah. You, you go first. So I know we were talking about the V6 RAV4 and how it's more fun. Yeah. Um, however, I think the more fun to drive car to these two is definitely the Forester. Yes. Now here's one thing that I am downright angry about. Did you know that in 2004 and 2005, there was a Subaru Forester STI available? Yeah. Only in Japan? Yeah. I've always wanted one. That is one of those cars that it doesn't make any sense. I mean, mm-hmm. it does. Now yeah. they have the Forester XT, which is like, it's halfway there. It's got the turbocharger, but that's really all it's got. But the ST has a whole other level and it would have sold guys. It oh. would have sold so well. And so many people swap them nowadays. And that's, mm-hmm. it's always been one where, you know, if I was going camping and kind of wanted a fast WRX SDI, yep. but also wanted something that 
I wouldn't get in trouble from the wife for, for not having a car that's big enough to carry the family. Yep. That would be kind of one of those cars that I get. Now, see, this is where I perfect. What we were both thinking is on the same level, but two totally different things. And I know we're talking about the kind of later generations. The only thing the RAV4 has on me on the early generations of both these cars is the fact you could get a convertible. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, completely and you could get a two door, but again, yeah. that, that's <laughs> taken it way, way car. back <laughs> because the older F4s, I mean, you, those were awesome cars. I love those things so much. And that's why I just laugh when I think of your wife's car, you know, this brand new, it's extremely fancy. And then I saw uh, one a year ago. Well, I mean, just in comparison yeah. to the convertible RAV4, that's might as well be a bare bones, you know, Jeep Wrangler with nothing fancy in it. Exactly. And I just laugh because the first time I saw one, I'm like, what is that? Is that a Geo Metro? Is that, what is it? No, sure enough. It's a Toyota. And I, that's always been one of those cars that if I just I don't know, had to have something cheap that was just cool. It would be one of those old RAV4s. Take the top down, put some mudders on it for no reason at all. And <laughs> like just, the old Geo trackers. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep, I love But yeah, it's love still it. a Toyota, so I feel I would feel good about purchasing it. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say that both of these cars are definitely in the to drive category. I mean the Super Forester's great. Um if you want to spring for the XT, have at it. You might have to spend more money down the road because they do have turbocharger failures and they have more cylinder head issues just because of the, the, the boost pressure. And a lot of people mm-hmm. like to beat on them. Um, downside is most of the XTs are automatics. It's so hard to find one of these in manual, but the Toyota RAV4 doesn't even come in a manual after a certain year. So, and that's what it's if kind we're, of void. we're looking at used cars. I mean, older used cars in these generations, how we're talking kind of the early two thousands, mm-hmm. I would pick the RAV4 over it. Um, just cause they have a lot less issues, high maintenance wise. Yep. So if you're looking for something used, I'd pick that. Mm-hmm. Um, but brand new, you can't go wrong. Cause these would be my top two along the lines with the CRV. Yep. If you're just looking for that overall picture, the rest of them, you know, no. the Ford, the Chevys, I'd put those later down the list that these would be my top three. And I would say the Subaru would be third. Yeah. Um, and the CRV and RAV4 would be one and two. I don't know in which yeah, order. Yeah, kind of flip-flop depending on kind of how it's been treated and what area you're in. But but brand new, yeah. that would be now, my, my again, rankings. The reason the Forester is, I, I think, purchased as much is because you get more for your money up front. You do. You know, you spend $30,000 or even $27,000 on a, on a Forester, you get all wheel drive already. You get all this other stuff and you've got to upgrade all that stuff from the RAV4. And, you know, most all wheel drive limited RAV4s are, especially nowadays, they're between thirty-three dollars and $35,000. You used to be able to snag one for close to thirty. Um, but they do have a little bit uh, higher upfront cost mm-hmm. with the Toyota premium. But I think over time, you'll end up making a little bit of the money back. So it's kind of a wash. I would go drive them both, see which one you like the best. But either way, you can't go wrong. They're both certainly to drive. Correct. All I right, agree. guys. Thanks. Well, see you. Bye.